Hello and welcome to Your Employment Matters. I'm Beverly Williams and I'm here to help you navigate your career. This is for anyone who's searching for their dream job or promotion, or perhaps you're just looking to hang on to the job you have. Today's work environments are multi-generational, multi-religious, multinational, multiracial, and multi-gender and multi-gender identity. Add market disruptors like Amazon and Lyft, along with the addition of AI, and it's easy to see why finding and keeping a job is such a challenge. Employment success and even employment survival depend on your ability to adapt. That's why my goal for this 30-minute podcast is to first advocate embracing change and differences, and second, to encourage you to proactively assume responsibility for your career. Get your work week off to a good start by listening to Your Employment Matters every Monday. Find out how to own your career and get the best practices for making your employment matter. Investopedia defines financial literacy as the ability to understand and effectively apply various financial skills, including personal financial management, budgeting, and investing. Financial literacy helps individuals become independent so they can achieve financial stability. Learning how to budget, how to track spending, and effectively pay off debt are financial literacy skills. By comparison, financial illiteracy contributes to people making poor financial decisions and becoming victims of abusive financial practices. Marissa Brown, my guest today, is passionate about financial management. Marissa is the IT Asset Management Vice President at Morgan Stanley. Additionally, she is the CEO of Business Support Group, which focuses on providing advice and support to small startup minority businesses. Marissa is a graduate of Barnard College, where she received a Bachelor of Business Administration degree. Welcome, Marissa. Thank you, Beverly. Now, I've only touched the surface with that brief bio. Please tell us about yourself. Who is Marissa Brown? Well, I think one of the um, one of the uh, verbs that was used to describe me by Pam Huttenberg, I think I can use her name. Um, she said in one of her evaluations of me that I was tenacious. And at the time, I thought she was using tenacity in not so favorable a way. When we had our review, she said absolutely not. She meant it in the strongest, most favorable light. And she felt that if anything could be done, to give it to, give it to Marissa. She will get it done. I don't know if I'd like that either, right? Because that may imply that corporate may have thought that I would put work before everything else, and I really didn't. I just um, was able to appreciate the corporate development leadership assets that I was blessed, I would say blessed, to have captured. And... Um, as a systems developer, I was very close to just about every financial system that J.P. Morgan had at the time. So corporate consolidation, 
General Ledger, and so forth. But my passion has always been designing clothing. But from an early age, I thought it was very important to manage money so that you would no longer work, work, work to pay bills. But instead, I wanted to work so I could live a better life, but not live to work. And um, I've always been financially literate because I always felt that if I did not have a job, I would have done an excellent job in planning to pay all of my mandatory expenses as well as my major expenses. So traveling, going to the spa, it was important to me. But I always had a plan. From the age of 18, I knew that I would prepare for contingency. And I just want to take a moment to say thanks to, I don't know when this is going to air, but I want to thank all of our first respondents who have continuously put their lives on latent and overt risk to protect us from COVID. And the economy, as you see, has fallen as far as unemployment is concerned. The greatest number in unemployment ever. And we're doing a very good job, I believe, worldwide to mitigate the financial exposure for many of those who live paycheck to paycheck. So Maritza Brown is about influencing, motivating individuals to recognize how important it is to manage money at an early age. It's not about materialistic things. It's just about being able to cover your expenses, cover your livelihood, and not be stressed when situations occur that eliminates your ability to earn income. I hope that wasn't too much, Beverly, but... Um, we need to know who you are. I, I know you, at least I think I know you. Uh, I've, I've experienced you. Uh, as I looked at uh, the questions I wanted to ask you today, I realized that each time I said that you were involved, somehow you got me involved too. So um, you're not only tenacious, you're persuasive. But I'm sure you recognize that. Well, I try to, I try to share what I believe God's given purpose for me is. And I, each and every single one of us have a ordained purpose at the time of our conception time of our entry into this world, we had a purpose, and many of us have multiple purposes. And Beverly, I have been blessed to have met you, right? And I've seen how passionate you are about your purposes, okay, not singular. And once we recognize what God has for us and we step into it, we will succeed. And so I, I just believe in sharing. I don't believe in hoarding, right? Because whatever was given to me was a gift. It's a gift from my creator, and it's intended to be shared. And I can only share what has worked for me. I can't share what someone else has said. This is what you should do. This is how you can do it. I can only say, this is what worked. Now let me help you to implement. And I've always been passionate about managing money and about being financially independent for the level of living that I want to live. And so it's important that we recognize our purpose. That's, and, and I will try my best to 
flourish and influence whatever that purpose is. And when you speak to individuals, you see how passionate they are about certain things. That's the purpose. And they just need to step into it. Well, you stepped into mentoring and and young people and in furtherance of enhancing their financial literacy knowledge. Yes, yes, yes. Uh, I remember you asking me to uh, step into a, a vacancy uh, that resulted as a result that resulted from a speaker not being able to uh, keep honor his commitment because of uh, uh, something that had come up unexpectedly, and you wanted me to speak to your group of young people. You know, I didn't know what to expect. I was impressed by just how serious you were with them, but how how acutely aware they were of what their responsibility was because you had obviously made it very clear to them what you expected from them if they were to remain in your financial literacy group. Yes. Absolutely. Why don't you share why don't you share some of that with um with our listeners? Okay. So I I've developed the what I call the five R acts. Copyrighted and the five R acts stands for to be respectful no matter what. To be responsible when you're assigned something to do. Also be reliable, right? You can be responsible, but you may not deliver on time. Thus you're not reliable. Resolution oriented that you will deliver. Be responsive when you need to be present, be present. Be accountable, right? Be committed, be trustworthy, and to make sacrifice because no matter what we go into, We have to make some sacrifice. And the last S for the five R act. So it's five R's, A-C-T-S-S. The last one is to sustain all of the above. So if you incorporate these five disciplines into your day-to-day performance, your work activity, your proficiency in what you are expected to do, you will excel fall short of any of those, you're compromising your progress. And so these are the five R acts, my core disciplines that I share. And my clients, they I I measure whether they will continue to be clients based on the five R acts because I stretch myself. And in order to continue stretching, I need to know that the individuals that I'm working with can comply and embrace and make the five R acts part of their core. So it becomes part of your core. You're doing something without even thinking about it, right? It becomes a habit. So the more habitual we become, the more success we will see in our financial core, our financial literacy, our financial disciplines, managing for tomorrow. If you lose a job, you have enough money saved so that you can pay all of your mandatory expenses, not the discretionary, not going to the movies, going out to dinner, but the mandatory expenses. And COVID-19, I am sure, will wake up many of us, right? And we will make sacrifices going forward. I'm hoping that there is some real financial literacy disciplines that come from this, but above all, for us to live healthy. The healthier we are, 
the stronger we are, the more hope we have, the more strength we develop, the more successful we can become in anything that we touch. And so those individuals that you met were in the, an investment group that I have for people of color because I'm a person of color and it was very important to me that I influence those skills that I had that said, if I lost my job, I saved up enough, cover all of my expenses until I got that next job because I knew I would get another job because I only think positive about anything that we touch. So influencing young adults is very important to me. It's extremely important to me. And then I'm the founder of a nonprofit organization for spiritual and wellness, Circle of Rainbow Sisters Seeking Spiritual and Wellness Connection. And I co-chair the Financial Literacy Committee for teens, of course, early development. And year-to-date, since our incorporation, we've awarded 47000 in uh, cash awards to 529 accounts or college, college scholarships for high school juniors and seniors who meet our bar. Our bar is high. They get a B-plus or better for to win our scholarships. And of course, you know, there are essay questions involved, all centered around financial literacy. And then we have a panel of industry financial advisors, educators, attorneys to interview our candidates for the cash that, that we award at the end. And then we follow our winners and a raffle to the runner-up. So one or two runner-ups are added. We follow them through college give them opportunity to demonstrate that they are continuing to implement and practice strong financial literacy disciplines, and we escrow funds towards um, their college uh, debt reduction money. That's great. That's great. So I also know that you work with uh, incarcerated individuals. Yes, I do. To ease their transition after they've been released. Yes. And that is sort of, I would say, one of the most rewarding service that I have provided is working with the individuals at the Essex County Corrections Facility. To and, and Beverly, I have to say thank you again for coming out and presenting for them. I told you you were persuasive, Marissa. <laughs> I don't usually, you know, I'm willing to help. But I don't usually, when the, when the man told me I had to stuff my coat into a, a locker, a small cube, cube locker, I looked at him, I said, no, I won't be doing that. <laughs> and he looked at me and I said, there must be somebody coming to get me. <laughs> but I'm not stuffing everything I have in that little box. No, well, something happened because normally um, the director at the time, Virginia St. Clark, she would uh, allow you to come upstairs. I think it was probably no. It was it was a it was a disconnect. But you know, I was you know I don't think I'm better than anybody, but I know what I can handle and what I can't handle. And just being confined like that is very off-putting to me. Yeah, you know, and when they walked me around the jail, I guess, and it's a huge, huge building. They did, and I kept thinking. Oh my goodness. Does anybody know I'm here besides Melissa? Did I tell anybody? But no, I mean, I, I was, I, and after I got there, the, the group was so um, engaged. 
when I do that kind of speaking, it helps when people are interested. Yes. And you feel like you're you're doing something that's going to provide information, like this podcast, like yes. the podcast series. Yes. The reason I'm doing it back to the, the first responders in this pandemic catastrophe, I needed to try to, to provide information that people can use, whether they have a job or they don't have a job. This is the information in the podcast, the information like you're sharing is information that will be useful to them. Yes, absolutely. And, and as I said before, it's one of the most rewarding service I've ever delivered because, you know, um, there's a lot of negative echoes, right, in society about individuals that are incarcerated. But to get to know the person and I've come to know and understand but there's no excuse for certain risks that individuals have taken. But to just know from whence they came and the things that happens in your lifetime, right, that may influence certain acts. It doesn't excuse them, okay? I'm not making any excuse, but there are some phenomenally smart men that I met at the corrections facility and some, one in particular, well, many of them, but one in particular, you know, we were talking about stocks and he was totally on board to probably teach a class on stock trading. You know, he understood IPOs, he understood hedge, he understood, it was just interesting. And he's actually out being incarcerated for over, I think it's most of his life. But I am so impressed with many of them. And I remember I would tell them, I need for 80% of you back to exit and demonstrate that you're saving, that you know how to budget, that you're planning contingency, you have various accounts, you're, you want to start a business. We did some business planning with some of them. And uh, Mr. Brown, I can name him because he would say, Miss Brown, my namesake, Miss Brown, I don't think that you should expect 80% of us to succeed and follow what you're teaching us. But if you just get one of us, Miss Brown, you should be very happy. But it, I told them it wasn't enough for me. It really wasn't. And it still isn't. So I strive to get. Uh, listeners, in case you didn't know it, uh, Miss Brown has very high standards. <laughs> very high standards. She doesn't go halfway. No. So although, you know, it, it was comforting for Mr. Brown to say that, right? Rashawn Brown, I'm sure he wouldn't mind me naming him. But. I'm saying that he helped me to not lower my expectations, but just to relax it a little bit. And many of these individuals have been out, the ones that went through the program. Some of the conditions were that they open an account. And, you know, for some reason, some of them were concerned, you know, regarding judgments or whatever. Um, but most of them that attended, open the account or save the money that they are paid. It's not much, but I can name, I won't name, but I can let you know that there were quite a few that exited with over $5,000 when the income was as low as $20 per week. Maximum was 120 per week. So you figure to save that kind of money over two years, what sacrifices they made. And they were willing to do it and they were willing to apply 
the 5RX and they were willing to begin thinking about contingency and also exploring business opportunities that they have. And this climate is great for one of them. And I, you know, I text them and then I have a post showcase. So I meet once a quarter with the ones who have elected to be part of the post, the post program. So as they enter society, how we can connect and just to measure that they're sustaining the disciplines around financial literacy and financial management for their personal life. Well, let's talk about the third group that you had me speak to, the victims of domestic violence. Yes. Who were uh, in a safe house uh, to ease their their transition to employment and independence. Okay. What do you want to know about that? That committee is chaired by Dr. Kimberly Rowland. And the purpose of that unit is to influence women who have exited. So we put our energy, the organization put our energy into helping women to sustain their exit because abusive relationships tend to be revolving primarily because of economics, finance. They don't have the money, they don't have a job. And in this case, the male leader in the household, financial leader in the household, um, knows that he has that edge. And so we focus our efforts on helping the women to sustain their exit. Uh, Dr. Kimberly Rowland and her team, they perform workshops, job readiness, and that's how you uh, were involved because we need the women to understand a few things around going out for a job, right? How do you present yourself? Are you ready to answer some questions? Are you knowledgeable about the company you're being interviewed for? And um, we also help these women with rental payment, uh, furnishings for their um, first apartment, helping them to empower just the confidence that we need because the self-esteem is normally destroyed for many. And it's rebuilding and helping them to refocus and know that they too can re-enter society outside of an abusive relationship and sustain their exit. You do a lot, Marissa. You do a lot. What advice? We're going to wind down, start winding down, but I I, want to give you the opportunity to share any advice you might have for anyone of any age about financial literacy. I would say that the most important thing about financial literacy is to develop simple plans. And I think it just starts with knowing what your input and your outputs are. Your input are all your sources of income. Your output is your spending habits, right? Your spending habits. But before that, I say that we need to put God first. We need to put God first and recognize that everything that we choose to do, we have to give him praise and thanks. And before you do anything, before you set up that foundation, the initial root, is to be appreciative for all that we have. I encourage appreciation. Appreciate the individuals that come into your life. Recognize the purpose for that individual in your life because you each have a purpose to each other. It is very important that we understand and assess what is mandatory for us. 
And I can't say anymore how COVID-19, if it has not influenced us to change the way we live. I mean, imagine how many people are living paycheck to paycheck because we didn't plan. And the same individual that's living paycheck, paycheck to paycheck, many of them will spend their last to go and get their nails done. And one of the things that I shared with my close friends, is that I will no longer spend over $120. That's what it costs me with the tip and the cost of getting my nails done, which translates to over $1,500 a year, right? The average rent, and I've been doing this for over 10, 15 years. So you think about how much, just 10 years, we're talking over $10,000, $15,000, right? So if we start thinking about the the sacrifices that we can make until we have the, created this reservoir, this reserve funds to take care of our lifestyle, then we should not be spending money on frivolous things. We need to begin to focus on the important things for survival, just the survival, right? Once we get that out of the way, then we are positioning ourselves to lead a more comfortable and eating healthy. <laughs> I think eating healthy is so important because we've learned, and I believe it's true, we've learned that the individuals that have been affected the most are those who had a compromised immune system. And yes. it's important that we live healthy, make some sacrifices when it comes to our health, make some sacrifices when it comes to our spending habits, our spending habits, because not everyone is in a position to survive through a devastating disease, not disease, illness that has struck us, right? And the fact that we each know, I know at least three, four, two of which were family members that were affected by COVID and died. And I have a good friend who died also. So financial literacy is very important. It's the foundation after God and knowing that we can sustain some strong disciplines. And the five R acts, you can substitute it with anything. And it's normally good, orderly direction, God, good, orderly direction, right? We must prepare ourselves for emergency. We must not take our finances our financial planning for granted. It is critical to our future. And all I can do is just implore upon your listeners. And I tend to speak financial literacy every day to someone, right? Now I know that's part of my purpose, right? Whatever we do on a regular basis, and I enjoy doing it. I enjoy doing it. But I've had a lot of lessons learned. And one of the lessons learned that I would share Please don't overextend yourself. Know when when you need to step back and take a break. Because you said earlier, I you do a lot. Well, sometimes we need to learn when not to stretch ourselves and still get things accomplished. And pray for good, pray for good partners. Pray, pray for good helpers. Pray for good angels. You know that that are coming on board to do things with an unconditional heart. They're doing it just because they want to help. And I thank individuals like yourself and be able to discern individuals that are not ready so that you're not abusing your time, right? So this has been a great journey. 
um, for me. I am appreciative. I am extremely humble by learning, learning how other individuals live and how lack of information or lack of great role models. Uh, my aunt Hazel Livingston is one of my strongest role models. And so we have to find those, you know, those role models. We can't do it by ourselves. And so my message in closing would be seek out individuals that you share of like minds and individuals that you can inspire to help you because we cannot do this by ourselves. No, no, we can't. Well, I so appreciate you taking the time today. I know you're, you're quite busy and I, I, I know this was, I think we were supposed to do this later in the month, but you uh, made time today and I sincerely appreciate it. I wanted to uh, provide listeners with some information, as I said, that they might find useful now more than ever. Always useful, but given today's circumstances, it's um, much more than that. It's more than timely. It's essential. It's critical. It's necessary. Yes, it is. So thank you again, Maritza, and the best to you. I think this is an excellent, excellent medium. And may you reach all listeners that are out there to benefit from your program. I hope so. Thank you so much. Thanks for listening to Your Employment Matters with Beverly Williams. If you found this podcast helpful, please subscribe and leave a review. I truly appreciate your support and that helps other listeners find the podcast. If you have a comment, question, or suggestion, you can reach me at bawilliams at youremploymentmatters.com. My book, Get the Job Done, is available on amazon.com and barnesandnoble.com. Please join me again next week. Until then, remember to embrace change and differences. This podcast is part of the Sound Advice FM network. Sound Advice FM, women's voices amplified.